Screenless. And welcome to another creative cuppa. I hope you're doing okay. You may have noticed some sleigh bells there. Uh, today's guest put in a special request as today is December the 1st. So you can thank Amanda for that. It was an excuse to break out the sleigh bells I bought from an antique shop a couple of years ago. If you head to at uh, Screenless Pod, you'll see a photo of them. They are huge. Today's chat seems to have a sliding doors theme when you're faced with a life choice and it changes everything. Amanda's had a couple in her career. And what a career. She's been involved with everything from Simon Mayo's radio show to Jonathan Ross and Alan Carr to SMTV and Saturday Night Takeaway with Anton Deck. Later with Jules, TFI Friday, The Voice Kids, the list goes on. So hopefully you'll have a cuppa in hand. Sit back and enjoy this chat I had with script supervisor Amanda Faulkner. Amanda Faulkner, television script supervisor. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, Amanda, what does being a television script supervisor involve on a day-to-day basis? Well, you are involved in bringing the show together in terms of prep, getting the the camera script made and broken down into sections of what's happening so that everyone can see exactly what's happening next or what's happening at the time, what's happening next and what shots the director will want. So you break the whole script down, break all the elements down and create a camera script, which then gets sent off to print for the studio day. So the two sides of being a script supervisor are the prep and getting everything broken down in advance. And then on the studio day, you're basically involved with dealing with the timings, dealing with standing by all sorts of departments ready for any particular queue that's coming up. And and similar to an event caller, basically, that you are calling through a programme as well as keeping everything running completely to time. Yeah. You mentioned uh, before we started recording that in the US it's called assistant director, basically. Yes. And that is much more, I think, of a, a good description of what we do. A script supervisor, lots of people think I write the scripts. I have nothing to do with any of the actual writing of the scripts. You're just supervising it. You're just keeping yes, it company. I'm key- yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I do look after it on the, the prep day. Yeah, assistant director describes the job much better. I think you literally are sitting next to them in the gallery and yeah, you're, you're letting them know exactly where you are and what's happening and getting everyone ready for their, their moment. <laughs> what's it like being up there while the show's going on? It must be a hive of activity. Yes, it is. It's and it's a it's very exciting. I think it's got a very exciting atmosphere. When you've got a good <laughs> show like that where there's lots going on, there's lots of the best ones are the ones that have got lots of performances, that have you know, live shows, you always get a great adrenaline rush, everyone's very excited, but also right on the edge of your seat because anything could go wrong at any time. And at that stage, you know, <laughs> if something goes wrong, it doesn't go to plan. What is the plan? What are we going to do? What, how, you know, what yeah. shot are we going to? Or what are we going to do next? If someone falls off the high ropes and we're on a live show, you need to cut away from it. What are we going to cut to? Oh, Where are we going? A&E, probably. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> well, you hope that somebody will come in and take them off to A&E and we'll carry on and do the show until we come off air. Let's go back 
to the start? Because you didn't start in TV at all, did you? You started in radio. Yes, I started off in radio. So I, when I left school, I was arming an R in as to where to, I sort of was knew that I was heading to London, didn't have a particular strong feeling of where I was going, sort of thought I'd go into maybe a bank or insurance company. So I was applying left, right and centre. And one of my teachers at school happened to say to me, have you written to the BBC? Because I said that I was writing to lots of places in London. I said, no, I haven't actually. And she said, oh, you know, I hear they're a, you know, a good employer. It might be worth writing. So I thought, oh, okay. Which is funny because since then I, I had many friends at BBC who said to me they had tried time and time and time again. Their, their biggest wish in life was to work for the BBC and they never got there. And I wrote this letter off and got an interview. And, and in actual fact, it boiled down to two jobs that I was offered. One was at the Bank of England and one was at the BBC as a secretary. And um, I remember my dad saying to me, uh, the, the, the Bank of England was paying slightly more, BBC was paying less. But my dad said to me, it's not always about how much they're offering. It's not always about the money. Think about where things might lead and what job you'll enjoy more. And he said, I just think BBC might, you might find that you, it, it leads you down a more interesting path and different opportunities and things. And a really, yeah, really sort of turning point there where I saw, because it was all about the money before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a real sliding doors moment, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So, yes, I went for the BBC job and, you know, not really knowing anything about telly or radio. Well, I didn't know anything about them at that point. I got a job as um, a secretary in the contracts department. We were doing contracts for Radio 1. And just by working there, I sort of got to deal with a lot of the, the departments within Radio 1 and thought, actually, that's where I'd like to go. I would like to. That's where I'd... And the BBC were very good at advertising internally their, their jobs and uh, doing a lot of training courses as well. So I went for several interviews um, at Radio 1 and then, and then got a job there. So I moved from the contracts department to um, working on... I did at first a lot of the weekend type shows at Radio 1 and then I got to work on The Breakfast Show and I worked there for about two to three years with Simon Mayo when he was doing it and I absolutely loved that. That was a really (laughs) fun time. That was good fun. Because you'd have had the road shows as well. Yeah, went out on the road shows, which I had an absolute blast. They were brilliant fun. Really, really (laughs) good fun going out on. So, yes, I worked at Radio 1 for several years and, and absolutely loved that. I hadn't really thought about where my next move was going to be or what to do but then the producer that I was working with on Radio 1 at the time um, he left because he got headhunted to go and produce Top of the Pops Um, so he made the move over into TV so he produced that for uh, probably six or nine months or something and then he called me and said would you fancy coming and working with me again? Would you, how do you feel about coming over to TV and we can get you um, on sort of training course and learn a bit more about how TV works? Because it's, it's very different. And so, yeah, so I made the leap again. Again, it was just one of those sliding door moments and I thought, okay, yeah. go for it. And I went to work in entertainment department at the BBC and did the training course uh, for script supervisor training, although it was called production assistant tra- production assistant training in those days but um they sort of spend quite a lot of time in mock studios and you sort of yeah they go through all the processes breaking down music which is an area that a lot of script supervisors they sort of you choose your area so there are drama ones that are very into continuity they're you know that's their area they sort of are 
you know, when, when you're filming take 75, they spot that the man had his drink in the other hand. I mean, that is not me. I cannot do that. So I uh, did plenty of that on my training course and thought, I find this really hard. And also standing in a rainy field take, doing take 75, I don't find that fun. I've lost my sense of humour. So I decided that light entertainment and a dry gallery uh, is much more me. And uh, yeah. so a lot of them, you know, whereas I say continuity is not for me, there's Lots of script supervisors would say, I don't, I can't do music. I can't do the music breakdowns. And similarly, lots that say, I never want to do live. I don't want to do live TV. I'd much rather mm. be doing pre-recorded stuff. So we all sort of have an area that we specialise in and music and live is my sort of area. That's what I like doing. Yeah. And that's taken you to all sorts of amazing places, isn't it? You uh, went to... Sydney. I did. That was one of my favourite ever jobs was to go and do Coldplay live in concert in Sydney, um, which amazing. was absolutely amazing. In fact, they, they when I got the call about that, they said, oh, uh, it would be, you know, four days out there or something. It's be there for their rehearsals, obviously, having to break down the music, work out where the guitar breaks are, where this break is, you know, all of that. And it was, for, it was not for a television show, actually, that was for a DVD. And so I decided that actually having never been to Australia, I would use the opportunity and said to them, could I put my flights a bit earlier? I'm going to go out there four days ahead of schedule and just go and wander Sydney on my own. And I did. And it was amazing. So that was that was a fabulous job. You were talking about the training scheme that you went into when you made Mm -hmm. the, the transition into TV. Do those things still exist nowadays? Well, I don't think the BBC do them anymore. When I was there at the BBC, that was a big thing at the time. Then so many different training courses for all the staff. But of course, they've made a lot of those sort of production staff all redundant. And it's, you know, they use a lot of freelancers now. It's mainly freelancers, whereas it used to be uh, we were all staff. So we had an entertainment department with, you know, so many um, producers, directors, uh, script supervisors, researchers, all there all the time, all year round. And, And now it tends to be freelancers coming in and out. So I don't don't know what the BBC do if they do any in terms of that sort of training but um, Mm. there are places I think like um, Ravensbourne College um, there's one in Beaconsfield uh, way that I know still do quite a few training courses for that sort of thing but I think then you'd have to fund them yourself whereas obviously that was just my my luck really through the BBC but I've I've taken part I've had a call a uh, few times I've taken part in training courses where I've gone along and done my job. And there was one, it was a director's training course. So it was all directors there. And then they had to have people doing sort of the other jobs around them. So I went and did that. And then there was another general sort of TV production training course that I went and spoke on and spent a day where the students were all taking it in turns to do the different roles in the gallery. And so we would yeah. sit next to them and sort of, oversee you know over their shoulder and be there to help them and say oh no that don't do it quite like this do it like this and oh don't forget that you need to do this and they'd all move around but in actual fact my position seemed to be the one that everyone was most scared of and people didn't want to do it <laughs> that's, yeah that's great though so, that's great yes. though for, well it's good for you know, me got a corner of the market exactly there. it's good yeah. for me that not too many people want to do it. if you're a researcher that's a very competitive job to get into this yeah. everyone wants to be you know start off as a researcher but but my area seems to be, uh, yeah, just one that everyone says, oh, no, I don't think I want to give that a go. So if you could give advice to someone starting out in the uh, TV industry now, what would that be? Well, 
I've I've had quite a few sort of friends and friends of friends and even my sister actually that suddenly decided that they'd like to give TV a go and my sister went from being a teacher and thinking actually you sound like you're having quite a good time at work Amanda I think I'd like to come and try out <laughs> so I have always said just get in anywhere you can get in as a you know making tea or in an accounts department or you know certainly go and be a runner show willing show that you're quite happy to work hard work ridiculously long hours sometime I mean this week I, I did a job where I left home at seven o'clock in the morning and I got back home again at quarter past midnight I mean there are some really long days really long days that could be quite full-on um but you know if you go there you show willing you work hard and you get yourself noticed then you know in this new freelance world people then you know a producer or a production manager moves on to their next job or in my case it's it's always the director that they get asked okay what team do you want on board with you and then they choose who they want to bring so all my work now is you know I get a phone call saying okay we're doing this new program uh, in you know next month and so and so is the director and he's asked if you're available so it's it's about getting yourself known and you know yeah. and someone bringing you on board so just my sister went in she started in an accounts department um you know did her time there worked for a year again made good contacts with the the, the um program makers and sort of said oh can i come on board can i come and start and be, be a researcher start at the bottom you know or or a production secretary or whatever start at the bottom get in any way you can make those contacts and you know make your own luck really you know go show them how hard you work and you'll get on so she she did she did really well too there's a lot to be said actually for going through that experience and and having experience of those other jobs because it gives you a more rounded view of things anyway doesn't it exactly i mean the amount of directors that i work with that have either been floor managers or have been cameramen because then exactly that they understand the uh, you know what what the limitations of each area and what can be expected and what can't there are a lot of sort of tv and film production courses and and it, it's sort of quite a popular thing i think for people going off to uni to try and do so it's really really competitive market to try and get into and so i think it's all very well that you come out with an amazing degree on something but until you've got experience it's very hard to get your foot in so you've just got to be willing to to get in there and get yourself known, you know, more so than than your qualification. Got, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Amanda, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. But for now, thank you for joining me for a cuppa. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks again to Amanda for her time. Have you had a sliding doors moment in your career? I'd love to know if you have. You can find me on the social media using at ScreenlessPod or send me a message on the Creative Cuppa webpage. That's www.creativecuppa.uk. Also, you can come and say hello on the Creative Cuppa Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. I may be running a little competition to win a Creative Cuppa mug. So go and join that group to be in with a chance. That's all for this episode. So until next time, thanks for joining me for a cuppa. (laughs) 